today on Ag News Daily. Listeners, welcome to September 13th, Tech Tuesday edition of the Ag News Daily Podcast, brought to you by Your Soy Checkoff. Tanner Winterhoff here, joined virtually by Cassidy Zirkel. How's Cassidy doing? I'm great, Tanner. Happy to be back on the mic with you. Absolutely. I think Delaney's headed someplace tropical. She seems like she's always going on vacation, and if not, we're still going to make our listeners believe that. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm happy to pick up the slack someday so that I can get to share our news with listeners with alongside you, Tanner. Yeah, well, it's a good thing she's getting those flights booked now because according to the Consumer Price Index, prices have increased again for the month of August over July. Inflation is persisting as most prices across the board rose again August over July. This number of economists came hoping that Tuesday's release of this report would show inflation is finally cooling off. However, even though it is large increases, it did kind of plateau a little bit, Cassidy. So the Bureau of Labor Statistics stated that August prices rose 8.3% compared to the year before. That's down from the 8.5% notched in July and 9.1% in June. Still out of control in the eyes of the Federal Reserve But we will continue to see measures to progressively take care of the dangerously high and abnormal levels. According to policymakers and economists, the American public is eager for consistent signs after soaring to a highest level in 40 years this summer. So the Federal Reserve will continue their fight against inflation. But at least there's a little bit of silver lining there, Cassidy, that uh, we didn't see 9% increase. We stayed in the 8s. That is a silver lining, Tanner, and I'm sure as I move up north pretty soon, I'll be giving our listeners an even more intense perspective on that inflation as prices are rising extremely high there. But one thing that will help some of our listeners with this inflation is a grant that the Department of Agriculture in Missouri has been giving out to specialty crop growers. In total, 20 grants were awarded to support specialty crop production in Missouri. So this will help with the inputs and with the coming harvest for a lot of these specialty crops. Very nice. That's always good to have great opportunities for our listeners to take advantage of. And maybe other states will continue to follow suit after Missouri. Going to hit two quick little hits here. Uh, First of all, again, as everybody knows, the WASDE report came out yesterday. We saw numbers that sent grains into a little bit of a bullish spin. So we'll hit grain market updates here at the end of the show. But just wanted to remind everybody that corn, they resurveyed the total planted acres and dropped harvested acres by 1.2 million acres and a million acres respectively. Uh, USDA did the same thing for soybeans. Uh, They also provided yield slides, 1.4 bushel to the acre in soybeans, 2.9 bushel to the acre in corn. And across, of course, on the world front, we saw production and ending stocks decrease as well. But that didn't help The fertilizer markets, August fertilizer prices saw gains across the board for all nitrogen sources. Another wave of production curtailments in Europe 
and plants based through the market in August have now seen some rollbacks. So as of this part coming through New Orleans, urea barges prices jumped about $100 per short ton at the end of the month following the news from overseas. Now, phosphates and potash saw prices decline due to ample supplies over present demand, which is good news. But ammonia uh, is climbing just like natural gas prices. When we look at urea, like I said here, barges were assessed uh, an additional FOB at the end of August, pushing them sharply, sharply higher from 585 to 685 a ton. And then UAN had a, a pretty wild ride, as Delaney had reported previously throughout the month of August, due to Europe and nitrates activity. But uh, we are looking there at an increase from 420 to 440 to 460, so only a 20 to $40 per ton increase over July. So watching the fertilizer markets there, Cassidy, we uh, we don't have a lot of good news to share here for the wrap-up for the month of August. Yeah, Tanner, that is kind of a bummer with all of those increases, but I'll tell you some good news I do have to report on. is coming from my home state. Of course, I have to bring a little Texas news on every time I get to be on the mic, but it looks like a feral hog control program that was introduced in 2018, known as the Feral Swine Eradication and Control Pilot Program, has shown some success in the 10 counties it was introduced in. In those 10 counties, 3,800 hogs have been caught, and so they are starting to introduce this program into six new counties and other parts of the state and hope to see more success there. Farmers and ranchers in the state of Texas can sign up for this program at tsswcb.texas.gov slash feralswinetexas. And this will be a great opportunity for those growers because I know that hogs are such a horrible problem in Texas. There's an estimated 2.6 million feral hogs in Texas alone, and they really take a toll on crops and wildlife and on our livestock. So this is great news. It is good news. Before we jump into our next story, let's pause for a message from our sponsor today. Who mapped the soybean genome? You did. Yes, you. Better varieties are on the way. Today's soybean farmers, that's you, are achieving big breakthroughs in seed. How? By pooling your resources through your soy checkoff. Your Soy Checkoff research sequenced the soybean genome to help seed companies and other researchers bring better varieties faster to your operation. See all the ways your Soy Checkoff is moving soy forward for you at unitedsoybean.org slash hopper. Cassidy, I think you had reported on this story a while back. AFG finally breaks ground on their Missouri beef plant. So AFG stands for American Foods Group, LLC. On Monday, they broke ground on its $800 million state-of-the-art beef facility in Warren County, Missouri. The plant, once up and running, should process 2,400 head of cattle per day by the end of 2024. It's a third-generation farmer and cattleman, was one of the shovel holders. He said he's proud to welcome AFG to Missouri. The governor, Mike Parson, echoed the same thing, saying that this is a major development that will benefit Missouri's agriculture producers and consumers for years to come. We couldn't be more excited for AFG's expansion in Missouri. The project expects to generate $1 billion in annual economic impact to Missouri 
as its nearly 775,000 square foot plant will include a harvest floor, a carcass chiller, fabrication area, rendering, and further processing on to storage coolers, freezers, and loading docks. So it's good to see one of these projects we caught early on in the news cycle finally breaking ground. That is great news, Tanner. And I'll tell you another bit of great news, kind of taking it on an international stage now, is that Joy Kaufman, an Illinois woman, has created an international nonprofit known as Farm Stew International. This program takes volunteers uh, from the U.S. to Africa, Cuba, the Philippines, and Bolivia to teach locals how to train their communities in gardening, cooking, obtaining clean water, sanitation, and enterprise. She created this program after visiting Africa, and it is now helping tons of people avoid and fight food insecurity and poverty in those countries. So great to hear from a local sort of local woman um, from the Corn Belt and from the Midwest going on to make a lasting impact. Yeah, it is. There are some firefighters that are looking to make an impact throughout the Pacific Northwest. Of course, most of us now are dealing with air quality issues. Wildfires crippling the Pacific Northwest are making the air far less breathable across big portions of the Western United States, pushing Inland even further yet, hazardous particles and haze now have crossed multiple state lines. Of course, this comes from 16 large fires. We reported on one in Oregon yesterday. The Pacific Northwest is battling as of Monday. Smoke conditions persist throughout the region. According to the Northwest Interagency Coordination Center, the logistics hub for woodland and wildfires, about a third of the major active fires across the West are in Idaho, while the greatest total burned acres is in Oregon, like we talked about yesterday. However, they are also seeing fires in Montana, Washington State, Utah, Wyoming, and California. The Pacific Northwest is already continuing with widespread air quality issues following a smoky weekend, and now those areas are far away from being acceptable. So watch out for deteriorating air conditions. If you have allergies, it's probably why you're nose is running and your eyes are watery. Uh, But another thing for us to keep track on, Cassidy, let's pause one more time before we jump into markets for a message from our partner today. Who's the number one protein source in chicken feed? You are. That's right. You're winning. Today's soybean farmers, that's you, are really big in animal egg. How? By pooling your resources through your soy checkoff. Your Soy Checkoff is working with poultry and livestock producers, growing existing relationships and forging new ones to bring tangible returns back to you. See all the ways your Soy Checkoff is moving soy forward for you at unitedsoybean.org slash hopper. Well, Tanner, before you jump into the markets, I did want to let our listeners know that I will be driving through Idaho, Oregon, and Washington State in the coming months. So I will try to share some photos of the wildfire devastation on our socials if they want to check it out oh that's great i appreciate you doing that to get a boots on the ground report well we all know how WASDI shaped up yesterday and as markets closed soybeans were up 60 to 70 cents yesterday they opened up but things have cooled off here as we record mid-morning the december corn contract is at 693 and a quarter down two and a half the November soybean contracts at 1486 and three or five down uh, penny four. And the wheat contract is the only grains trading still on the green as we get to mid morning here at 869. 
uh, up 10 and a half for the day. Now let's take a look at what livestock looks like. Live cattle feeders for October are down 42 cents on the day. Feeder cattle down $1.17. Lean hogs are up 50 cents to round out our markets. Now it's fun time for us to jump into a conversation we had at Farm Progress Show with Dakota Hoban of Farmer's Risk, putting the power in the farmer's hand to trade these markets if that's something you wish to do. Here we go. We're catching up with Dakota Hoban, CEO and founder of Farmer's Risk here at the Farm Progress Show. Dakota, thanks for joining us today. Wow, what a great day to be at the Farm Progress Show. So happy to be here, Delaney. It certainly is. This is where agriculture comes to intersect, where we see new things announced, new projects, new partnerships, new technology. And I'm glad we're talking about technology because that's what we want to talk with you about. Before we get to the story of Farmer's Risk, tell us the story of Dakota Hoban. Sure. So I'm, I'm a farm kid from Southeast Iowa. So corn, soybeans, and cow calf, as, as I say, the pretty typical Iowa farm. So, uh, that, that's where my roots are at. Iowa State's where I got my education. Uh, cause if you're a farm kid in Iowa and you want to study ag, you go to Iowa State. Uh, so that's what I did. But after that, I spent some time for a diversified large farming operation and ag private equity group. Um, but more of the story was, this was probably pretty novel. Gosh. I thought there'd be lots of opportunity in ag technology. So I wanted to get into ag technology. Uh, and so, uh, that, that, that was my million dollar idea, right? Just start working in ag tech. But anyway, so, uh, started working in ag tech, uh, for a company called Granular. Then ultimately we decided that we want to solve a different problem for farmers. And so my co-founder, Eric Barnard and I got really passionate about just grain marketing and just helping farmers manage their risk and just didn't see software and technology really evolving in that space to actually solve problems for farmers. And so, that's really where we kind of got to the point of just saying, hey, this is something that we do, we just need to build ourselves. And both coming from farm backgrounds, it's, it's something that we're deeply passionate about. So. so it started off with a passion to solve a problem. For sure. Have you solved the problem? I mean, we're, we're, I'm not sure if you ever completely solve problems, especially something as complex as, as gray marketing risk management. But we're, we built some really excellent solutions, I think, down, down, down that space, things that have never, never been built for built before that we're putting in farmers' hands and that we're really excited about. So risk management, Delaney, what in your mind, what does risk management in grains mean? Well, I think it's different from maybe how farmers would define risk management, but to me it means we're locking in profits and we're taking downside risk off the table. So Dakota, what is risk management? I mean, that says it pretty well. And if you think about like, what are the tools that, that are at a farmer's disposal to manage their risk? I mean, in our world, in the grains, we think about the, th- the three-legged stool of risk management. We think about crop insurance. We think about uh, the cash sales and the forward contracting strategy. And then we think about hedging and using futures and options. And so our software is built in such a way that we want to bring all those things together in a really dynamic way for the farmer. So they know exactly where they're at and how each one of those pieces of the puzzle impacts the other, right? And then so then on top of that, we built some really great uh, tools as well, which you can talk more, more about as well. But, but yeah, I mean, that's what it comes down to. I mean, farmers are, I think, natural risk takers, right? And so like y- y- you don't become a farmer or start farming not having a little bit of, of an itch for, for being a natural risk taker. But there's also, you know, uh, the right amount of risk to take. And, you know, we're in a really, really volatile environment right now, which is just probably unprecedented. And I'm not sure if that's going to get better anytime soon. And so just having some some more tools in the toolkit, I think, are more important now to, um, than ever before when it comes to managing that farmer's risk. So Yeah, not to pick on my father-in-law, but he's definitely a risk taker. You know, he goes to the casino and will gamble. 
And then he turns around and doesn't protect his risk in farming. And that's kind of a gamble as well. But Dakota, you mentioned the three-legged stool approach to risk marketing. What is farmers risk doing specifically within that three-legged stool? Yeah, I mean, so, so our vision is, is to build solutions uh, in, in each of those areas. But the first one that we really started tackling was, was futures and options. Um, because largely Eric, my co-founder and I, we'd look around and we just say, Hey, who are the best farmers that we know who are doing a good job of managing their risk? And all of them use futures and options to some extent in, in, in their, in their toolkit, right? And so we just said, okay, why aren't more farmers using these tools? So then we started digging in and talking to farmers and, you know, it largely came down to two things, right? The cost of the tools. That could be actually the cost of execution or just the cost of making margin calls, but then also the complexity of the tools. And so we just set out to try to solve those couple of problems and just saying, hey, how can we make these more accessible to farmers? How can we get more farmers to adopt these into their toolkit and make it really simple? And so we built some low-cost self-service trade execution tools for, for futures and options so that farmers can hedge their risk, right, at their own leisure as needed. But we also make it really simple to kind of try out just a little bit, right? It's 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 not as cumbersome uh, of a process as, if, you know, maybe biting off the bullet of, you know, how do I select the right broker? Which is the right broker to work with? And, uh, you know, then am I locked into that person or whatever? We just make it really simple to kind of try it. Well, I'm glad that you said that because I was jotting notes down. You said a lot there in a really short amount of time about making it accessible to the farmer mm-hmm. and making it simple to use. And you really ultimately want trade execu- execution as the final. You want to put the power in the farmer's hands. Yep. So is this something that you do from a mobile app? Is this a, something I have to be sitting in front of a computer to do? What does it look like from the user interface? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, you can do it in both places uh, because farmers do not sit behind behind computers. We know that, and they tell us that all the time, and they don't want to sit behind a, behind a computer. So uh, it's got to be accessible via their phone. And so, yep, you can take care of those, the, those while you're out in the tractor. Um, if you see an opportunity or you're locking in some fertilizer, like I know a lot of guys are locking in some fertilizer this time of year, and you might want to go to the board and start locking in some, locking in some margin for 23's crop. Um, you can do that from the seat of your pickup. You could do that walking the farm progress show here. So. Tanner, I'm probably gonna, well, we're not big enough, but if we were, I'd probably get slapped with like copyright infringement for saying this, but farmer's risk really is kind of the Robin hood for farmers where you can go in, you can trade futures and options, just like I can go into Robinhood and trade stocks, bonds, equity, whatever, in, in a company. Yeah, I mean, th- th- there's certainly some similarities. So, like, I mean, what Robinhood tried to do is they tried to bring stock trading to a wider audience of people, right? And we are trying to bring commodity tools, risk and risk management, futures and options tools to a wider audience of people. And so, um, so, so that is a certainly a, a fair kind of analogous example. So, so. We're going to have listeners that are curious now. Yeah. Because this is really a first of its kind in agriculture. For sure. First yeah. of its tool built for farmers. So. What is your advice for somebody who's curious now? What's the next step for them? Yeah. I mean, the next step for them is, 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 is to just create a free account with us, right? Farmersrisk.ag is, is where they can do that. And if nothing else, we, it, it's the best revenue tracking tool out there for farmers, right? And so if you do nothing else and you want to understand your revenue in a more detailed way, that's pretty dynamic. Um, you can at least go to farmersrisk.ag and, and create that free account. And then we think over time, you know, if you start feeling comfortable, if this is something that you've never done before and you want to step into this, then again, you can step into opening uh, an account with us and, and, and trading some features and options and hedging your risk as it makes sense for you. But that's something that you can grow, in, grow into over time. But we also work with a ton of farmers, um, believe it or not, right, who are already trading on their own, right? 
They're using things like Thinkorswim or TD Ameritrade or E-Trade or whatever, right? Which are not tools built for farmers, right? And so we see them coming to us and saying, hey, like, this is a great solution for farmers. That's simple. It's low cost and it's effective for me to help manage my risk and, and, and hedge my downside price risk. So. so let's talk a little bit more about the cost because sure. it's not an entirely free platform. The sure. dashboard tool where you can log in, create an account, manage and look at things like crop insurance, your percentage is hedged, et cetera. That portion of the dashboard is free, but to actually trade, Dakota, how do we go about doing that? If I'm a farmer listening to this podcast and thinking, okay, I'm going to test it. I want to trade a few futures and options strategies to see how I do. Yeah. So the first thing they have to do is, is we have to paper an account through us, uh, farmer's risk. But then after that, we, we just take simple transaction fees um, of, of $10 a side for uh, every 5,000 bushel contract uh, traded. So, that's about near the industry bottom as far as pricing, again, because we tried to really, really make it easy and, and low mm-hmm. cost for farmers. And so, yeah. One other question to that, too. When you look at farmers coming to the platform to trade through the Farmers Risk platform, a lot of us are not brokers. We don't no. know strategy. We don't know. Are people just clicking around in the platform or what kind of education is being built around that that I as a farmer getting into this should know about or how do I actually use the platform? Should I listen to my broker and trade his strategies through the farmer's risk platform? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's really an all, all, all the above solution is, is how we view it, right? And so we have farmers that come to us with great great marketing consultants and advisors, and they say, hey, this person's providing me great advice and strategies here of things that I can really use to manage the risk in my operation. And I just need to, I just need a tool to execute that strategy, right? And so we provide a great option there. We also work with a number of brokers as well, though, right? And just brokers wanting to use our tool and just help their farmers understand their risk better and then help them give them better advice, right? If you ask a broker today what some of their biggest pain points is, is their biggest pain points is the 20 minute conversation they have to have with a farmer every, every phone call saying, okay, what percent sold are you again? All right. Let's try to review your hedge positions of where you're at again. Okay. What do you have for crop insurance again? And they just re- recall that information every phone call, trying to get up to speed before they can actually figure out, okay, what strategy should we take? And so uh, the brokers that work with our tool love our tool because, hey, it's it, it's an up-to-date, mark-to-market view of that farmer's risk at any given point in time so they can give them the best the best information to take action. So It's a very collaborative tool, Delaney, is what it you sounds like. You can use like. it as a banker, Tanner. Yeah, you can use it as a banker. There. The dashboard would probably provide va- va- value to a lot of different professions that work directly with the farmer themselves. For sure. For sure. I mean, it's been said a number of times. I don't know where I heard it first, but farmers, farmers, a team. Um, and that's not going to change. And so finding ways to support that um, and really just build that collaborative environment. Uh, we think we've, we've got a great tool uh, to help support the, at least the decision-making process around uh, risk management and remarketing. So, Well, for the listeners, Dakota, remind them who you are, what the name of the company is and how they can go learn more. For sure. So, Dakota Hoban here with Farmers Risk CEO, and so uh, yeah, we have a great risk management and, and, and grain marketing program that helps farmers hedge their risk using low-cost futures and options transactions. And uh, you can sign up for free uh, at FarmersRisk.ag, and it really beyond that, it becomes it becomes a pay-to-play. And so if if you want to try out the tools, then you uh, you'll be charged the ten-dollar tr- transaction fees. But otherwise, if you don't want to, then you, you've got a great platform that's really helping you manage and understand your risk and hopefully make better decisions because. What we're all about is just helping farmers just level up in grain marketing, right? We just want to help them take the next best step for their farm, right? And so if we've got farmers who are just just buying crop insurance and that's it, and that's the, that's the risk management strategy, what's the next step? How do we help them start gain the confidence to start forward selling a little bit more and being a little bit more aggressive there, right? We just want to help them take that next step. And so that's what it's really all about because we think if we can make 
farms, you know, even just 10% better grain marketers and you compound that over time, you're talking about transformationally change on farms as far as what that farm business looks like. Um, and so that's really what we're about is just um, helping farms succeed. So fantastic. And that's farmersrisk.ag. Dakota, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me guys. Really appreciate it. Well, Tanner, another great conversation from Farm Progress Show. I appreciate all of these great live conversations that we've gotten to share with our listeners, and I'm sure they are enjoying it too. You bet. Next time, Cassidy, you need to join us so you can get a taste of what Farm Progress Show is all about. Maybe we can get you to the next one. But listeners, for today, I think that's all we've got. So what do you say, Cassidy? Should we let the listeners go? Let's let them go. (laughs) 